Well, good morning. It's wonderful to be back with you. And uh, as you're sitting down, please take out your Bibles that are uh, that you either brought or you are right there in front of you, and turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. And if you didn't bring your Bible, there's one right in front of you in the seat back, or there should be. And if you if you don't own a Bible, please take that as a gift and start reading the Word every day. <clears throat> so once again, we're reading in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Verily I, very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, <clears throat> but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, today is the third Sunday in Lent. And as you know, may know, Lent is a period of 40 days plus Sundays. I have to scrape my window here because it's been snowing outside. Um, 40 days plus Sundays, beginning with Ash Wednesday. Except here at St. John's, you didn't have Ash Wednesday. You missed it because of the weather. You had Ash Sunday. Ash Wednesday, or Ash Sunday, as the case may be, is a solemn service where we receive ashes on our foreheads in the sign of the cross. And hear the words, Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. It is a time when we remember our mortality and grieve over our sinfulness, and we become acutely aware of our need for a Savior. There are some other important days in, in Lent as well. Palm Sunday, the Sunday before Easter, celebrates Christ's triumphal return, in, or triumphal entry into Jerusalem. People had spread palm leaves ahead of the donkey which he rode peacefully into the city. And when we celebrate Palm Sunday in churches today, the palm, Sunday, palm branches that we use are often burnt to become the ashes for next year's Ash Wednesday service. Maundy Thursday is the day before Good Friday. It commemorates the night before Jesus died when he shared a Passover meal with his disciples. You've heard of the Last Supper? That was Maundy Thursday. Maundy Thursday. My mom always made me say it right. Maundy 
Thursday. Good Friday, and you heard Pastor Tom mention that the Good Friday service will be a funeral for Jesus, is the day that Christians remember Christ's death on the cross. The word good reflects the fact that his death was a sacrifice on our behalf so that we can receive God's forgiveness for all our sins. Finally, Easter Sunday, the part we've been waiting for, when we're able to joyfully celebrate that Jesus rose from the dead. His resurrection is why you and I are forgiven of our sins and know that we will spend eternity with him. And that's exciting. I always look forward to Easter, and I'm sure many of you do as well. But right now, we're still waiting. We're still in Lent. During these Sundays in Lent, we're studying Jesus' I am statements from the Gospel of John. God has been identifying himself as I am since the time of Moses. As God was sending Moses to the Hebrew people, Moses wanted to know who to tell him sent him. So we read. <clears throat> we read. Then Moses said to God, I might have gotten my things in order, out of order. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am is a name that expresses God's eternal existence. It's as if he's saying, I am because I always have been and I always will be. It describes the full, his character as the dependable and faithful God who desires the full trust of his people. Now for the past couple weeks, we've talked about the many ways we can fill in the blank for an I am statement. For example, I am Bill. I am a beekeeper. I am looking forward to pizza with the pastor today at noon. And I am guilty of making shameless plugs like that one. So what's awesome about God, <clears throat> what's awesome about God calling himself I am is that when God fills in the blank, the words actually do fill us with awe. We learn that he is a gracious, loving, and forgiving God. And there are many good words to describe him. Well, as we've seen, the I am statements are informative, influential, and Im intimate. And that's just what we need in a true God. Jesus applied the name to himself. And here in the Gospel of John, so in doing so, he claimed to be God and risked being stoned for blasphemy. He was ultimately killed on the cross for that very thing. So who did Jesus say he was? Well, two weeks ago, we read <clears throat> that Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And last week, we read where Jesus said, I am the light of the world. In our scripture today, Jesus said, 
I am the door. Wait a minute. We just read, we have a, we're t- <clears throat> we just read 10 verses in the Gospel of John, and we didn't see a door in there, in there anywhere. Okay, what's going on? Well, it turns out that most of us lean on English translations when we're reading Scripture. And some versions have door, and other versions, like the New International Version that we read here, say gate. Well, which is right? Well, as a diligent <clears throat> seminary student, they're both right. The word used in the original biblical Greek is thura. So Jesus effectively said, I am the thura. Thura means a device for opening or closing an entranceway, which would certainly include a a door or a gate. So in the context of Jesus' parable involving sheep pen, gate is certainly a perfect term. But going forward today, I'll use both words, understanding that Jesus said the same thing, whether it's translated, I am the door or I am the gate. What are the benefits of having a door? I came up with three, and we could probably come up with a lot more. The first thing a door is good for is for protection. When you invite somebody into your home, you expect them to come through the door, don't you? But if you're not expecting anyone to visit, the door is closed and locked. The point that Jesus is making That's the point that Jesus is making. The only way to come into the sheep pen is through the gate. Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. In other words, someone who forces their way in by some other way is a criminal. In the same way, people have a lot of misguided ideas about how we enter into a relationship with God. Some people will say we're basically good and that most good people go to heaven and there's lots of other ways to go uh, get to know God or to go to heaven. But Jesus says, I am the door. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. One of the greatest needs that you and I have is to love and be loved by someone else. We need a sense of belonging. And that's the second benefit of a door. One of the benefits of a door is that everyone who lives within the doors belongs. When Jesus said, I am the gate, he wants us to know that we are his children and he is our father. We belong. And finally, doors give us access. By Jesus stating, I am the door, he means for us to know that we have access to God. The writer of the book of Hebrews encourages us like this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one 
who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Christ died and rose again for the forgiveness of your sins and mine. In doing so, he made us children of God. The one and only God who loves you beyond your comprehension and he's invited you to receive mercy and find grace as you come to him in confidence through prayer, worship, and at the Lord's table. Hebrews verse 6 has been an important verse to me in recent weeks. My wife Mary and I are in the middle of a time of need right now, and I'm sure many of you are as well. And if you're not, you've surely had your moments. You've endured trials at other times in your lives. You and I can approach God's throne of grace with confidence and receive mercy and find grace. But what do people do who don't know Jesus? How do they cope? How do they, who do they turn to? Well, according to a 2020 survey of Barna Research, three-fourths of all Americans are either not Christian or they've set aside their Christian faith. When we go out these doors, three of every people we encounter don't know Jesus. They can't approach him in their time of need. You and I have a faith in Jesus Christ that the rest of our world desperately needs. Now, I don't mean for a moment to suggest that you have to do anything to earn your salvation. You don't. There's nothing you can do. Jesus did it all. But you know, once you know Jesus, you have the freedom in Christ to serve God and to serve your neighbor. And your neighbor needs Jesus desperately. Jesus commanded the gospels, or disciples to go out and make disciples of all nations. He invites us to do the same. Except we don't have to go to foreign nations to begin. Influence is really a local phenomenon. So let's consider Elkhorn. If the 2021 U.S. Census estimates are correct, Barna's statistics and Barna's statistics I mentioned earlier are accurate, there are more than 7,700 people right here in this city who don't know Jesus or don't think he's relevant. It's similar in Walworth County. Almost 80,000 people are without Jesus. Influence is a local phenomenon. So you know better than I do, since I'm from Sheboygan County, would things be better in Elkhorn or in Walworth County if more people were Christ followers? There are a lot of people outside these doors who don't know Jesus. But some of them do know you. Some of them are in your phone's contact list. Or if you're an old-fashioned guy like me, in your address book. Jesus said, I am the door. Could you invite someone to come through maybe these doors so they can hear the word of God and learn how much God loves them? I came through St. John's doors for the first time just a few months ago. For most people, getting past that metal strip right there at the bottom of the door, the threshold, is one of the hardest things for them to do in their lives. 
But it was real easy for me because I knew there was someone inside ready to welcome me and make me feel at home. And sure enough, Pastor Tom was there and Katie was there and they welcomed me as soon as I came in. And later on, I got to meet a lot of you. Can you make it for someone easy to visit St. John's by inviting them and welcoming them through the door? If you really believe what you really believe is really true or really real, there are a lot of people outside this door who need to know the love of God that you know. God loves you. He sent his son Jesus to forgive you your sins and make it possible to be in relationship with him. Please help your neighbors to love to know Jesus as you do. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we've been able to come into this place and worship you. We thank you that we do know you and that you have been the door that has and the doorkeeper who has invited us into your presence. And Lord, we thank you that we have the opportunity to share Jesus because we know the love and the forgiveness and the grace that you have for us, each one of us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.